All right, five, four, three, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Mid Level Show. I'm so pumped to be back. We have a full house. Um, we don't have Ben, although I heard he did great. He, I know he looked great. I did review the tapes, as we say, and he looked amazing. And Ben, I promise we weren't talking about you prior to us cutting the recording. So uh, don't look at what we cut, hopefully. So welcome to the Mid-Level Show. We are the Mid-Levels of Performance Medicine, PAs and MPs. Um, and just, uh, uh, what is that in a... Uh, what's the Madonna song in a uh, material world, right? Is that Madonna? Is that Cindy Lauper? Madonna? Okay. I digress. I'm in a mood today and it's going to be fun. We are talking about intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting, this means that you intermittently fast. You're not in a complete state of not eating, but you intermittently do it. A portion of the day you're not eating. This is a big fad right now. And I don't want to, I want to use the word fad, not that that sounds very like it's just the new thing that's out fasting has been around forever religions use fasting as part of their rituals but to me i feel like that's a partly in in a way to help with health as well i just want to go around and get everyone's kind of first takes um Dad, Papa Doc, right there, has um, has read this book called Fast, Feast, Repeat by Jen Stevens, uh, which I'm currently reading right now, and it's really, it's actually a very, very good read, uh, and a very, what I got from the book and from what he's talked about is that fasting is very specific and very individual. It does not, everybody does not have to follow the same plan. So uh, we'll start, I'm just going to go to my left. I don't know where everybody's videos are, but Kara, our nurse practitioner in Knoxville, represent, represent, go Vols. Um, what is your first take on intermittent fasting? Well, um, I think a lot of people think fasting is like for religious purposes or going without food for days at a time. But intermittent fasting is just uh, getting in your meals within an eight-hour period and then, say, dinner um, one day until lunch the next day. So most people think that that's difficult and they can't go without food. So they can start out just small uh, periods of time not eating and then gradually kind of space it out. And um, I've always heard very good uh, results from patients and, uh, when they fasting and results are you are you meeting with like weight loss with feeling better with overall health what do you mean i have even specifically i have a patient uh with hypothyroidism and she said that she's been doing that uh patients who are ketosis in ketosis or following a keto diet less than 20 carbs or um you know patients that are um just wanting to lose weight or feel better um all different types of people I like that. And, and two, I find that a lot of patients give it a couple of days. Of course, the first couple of days of changing any sort of habit is going to be different. You're not going to feel that great. Your body's getting used to a new state of eating and a new state of survival. Our bodies are like robots. I tell a lot of patients in the room that I'm like, we're robots and we're machines. And when you got to feed the machine somehow and your body's going to get used to how you're feeding it and the robot's going to need to think it needs to work this way. It takes a little bit of time to adjust to a new, uh, a new way of, uh, computing for a robot. That's a, that's a, probably a bad analogy, but I had an, uh, an endocrinologist that I worked with in Los Angeles. I may have talked about her on the podcast before. She's 
amazing, world-renowned. She said, for type 1 diabetes, which me and my sister both have, if you function more like a robot where you eat the same things at the same time every day, your body's going to get used to it and your insulin sensitivity is going to be more on the money because it knows what's coming in and it prepares. And that's one thing that stuck out to me in the doctor's note. He said with the artificial sweeteners, you taste it, you barely put it in your mouth and your brain recognizes and already signals insulin to come from the pancreas. That's crazy. That is true too. You can think I'm hungry and get the cravings and your body preps for it. It's ready to go. Your body's smart. Uh, so too, we talk about that with patients with type one diabetes. That's why we can dose insulin up to 15 minutes prior to a meal to kind of mimic that initial spike as food's coming in and as your, as your body's prepping because your brain it's your brain. It's smart. So that's one thing that stuck out to me. But uh, uh, Amber, our nurse practitioner representing King Sports, what were your first takes, first thoughts? Um, you were mentioning a story of your cousin, a family story. Yeah. Am I wrong? Okay. Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. Tell us. So it was really interesting because over the holiday weekend, we had some family in town and my, um, actually it's my husband's cousin, but they were in from Nashville and they were talking about some different diets they're doing. He has an autoimmune um, issue and, and she is by no means overweight. And she was talking about intermittent fasting and um, a book and a trainer she's been doing, but her fasts are kind of alternating and they, they are different. Her uh, intake is different depending on um, what, what fast she's doing as far as the hours I guess and then also what workout she's doing and it was just I guess what spoke to me talking to her about intermittent fasting and then this um this doctor's note is how it's individualized you know to your body to your makeup to your um pre-existing conditions whether it's type 1 diabetes or hypothyroidism or if you're just a generally healthy person and not even overweight she was doing it more for energy hormone balance and different things and that really uh, stuck out to me as a takeaway is that it's not just about weight loss, even though, as you were saying, great results uh, with, with weight loss, um, just how uh, it can benefit you from a, from a balance standpoint, energy boost and uh, overall health. And gut health. I am. That, that's thank you so much for sharing that story. I think that's awesome. And two, yes, it's individualized. I'm learning that in the rooms as well. Cause I don't know if you all get this. I get this a lot in the room of, I tried ketogenic diet. It didn't work for me. I tried paleo. It didn't work for me. I tried intermittent fasting. It didn't work for me. And I 100% believe that. I know your first initial reaction is to be like, well, you weren't doing it right. Of course, if you go low carb and you intermittent fast, you're going to lose weight. But I'm learning from this book, they're right. It may not be working. The way that you're particularly doing it may not work for your body type and the way that your body metabolizes certain foods and nutrients for energy. Uh, sorry, you were going to say something? No, about? that's what makes, I think what makes performance medicine so different is that we are willing to listen to the patient who says this isn't working, you know, um, to look at the big picture and to help find the, the um, individualized issues that may be going on. And I really... I mean, I don't know all the different uh, avenues or, or practices that are out there, but I really do believe that that sets performance medicine apart. I do too. I, pre I appreciate you saying that. That really does come from the presidents that, that dad has put out there. He's worked in family practice for so long in a system. And he had told me before starting practice, he said 99% of the time, your patient knows exactly what's wrong with them and they know how to treat it. You just have to listen. That's what he said. And I have found that to be true. Um, 
especially too with how specific things are to certain patients. It just, for those of you who are listening, who are into the intermittent fasting uh, protocol, you probably know more about it than I do. There are a lot of different ways to do it. Um, Fast Feast Repeat is a good resource, but I also tell a lot of my patients to go to Dr. Fung, F-U-N-G. He's a nephrologist out of Canada and has a phenomenal website that is very educationally based. He goes into the whys of why we do fasting. And and I'll just make a note on that real quick and then we'll go to Fran for her first thoughts. Why we do this, it's all about insulin. And I know this is like an old story with me. I have type 1 diabetes. I love and live and breathe insulin. I survive off of insulin. Insulin is an essential hormone for the appropriation of glucose and where foods and nutrients go. Can you hear my dogs? Are they going for it? Yeah, they're going for it. Perfect. Yep, we got people out there just doing the lawn. The dogs, they feel the same way about insulin right now. They're just barking for it. (laughs) Okay, and they're done, and we're good. Um, Insulin is is essential. It tells your body where to put glucose, where to store fat. So the less opportunity for insulin that we have out in our body, the less opportunity for fat storage. That is how intermittent fasting works. That is how we get in a fasting state. Um, and that's how we lose weight. Insulin, I, uh, my sister, oh God, I probably should have asked for her permission before doing this, but she gained weight on an insulin pump in high school because she's constantly pumping in insulin it is a weight gainer. So it's just a lot of different things that we can think about with fasting. There's 16-8, there's a 12-12, there's a 24, and all these numbers are saying how often you're not going without food and how often you are going with food. There's also what I found interesting in her in her book with Jen Stevens, you can do a 2-5 two full days of fasting on a Monday and Thursday and the rest of the days you feast. That's kind of her fast feast. Eat what you want on the other days. It helps with your gut and no one knows the gut better than Fran, our PA in Johnson City. She loves the gut. What what are your what are your first thoughts and first takes on this, Fran? Well, I love intermittent fasting because it works for me. So I've been doing it for a long time. I don't do the real restrictive of like a four hour window. But on most days, I don't, I don't eat until lunch because I'm not hungry until lunch. I don't wake up starving. And so I think to your point of everyone has to listen to their own body. Every time I try to get other family members or my husband, I'm like, oh, let's just get breakfast. Let's intermittent fast. You know, then you don't have to fuss. You have more time, but no, he gets hangry and he has to eat. You know, you're traveling and oh my gosh, you got to find a place to stop because he's got to eat. I can go forever without eating. And I know that I'm going to get to eat. Like, you know, it's, I I can function without eating and I actually feel better. How long did it take you to get to that point? Did you, was it a hard transition or is it like, uh, okay, next day I didn't eat breakfast. I'm good. I'm not actually, I don't wake up in the morning wanting food. I'm not okay. hungry. And because I was a college athlete and I used to get up early in the morning and swim for two hours really hard, I never ate or drank a thing before working out because it made me sick to my stomach. So I am used to working out and doing things without food on board. Food makes me feel bad when I'm swimming or doing yeah. something athletic. So even now, like I'll go in the morning, get up and I'm busy and I'll play two hours of tennis, which it's women's doubles and it's not that rigorous. So (laughs) I mean, 
The, you the said it. I, I didn't play. say that. Okay. The way I play is not that rigorous, but <laughs> I don't even think about food. And by the time I get home, it's noon and it's like, okay, I can have lunch. Um, yeah. It's hard to intermittent fast for me at a family gathering and everyone's having breakfast and the food's right in front of you and you're smelling it. I try not to do it on those occasions. But when I'm busy and up and moving around, I don't even think about food till noon. There, you bring up you bring up a lot of things, and we're going to touch on all of these. One being, you mentioned kind of family gatherings. It's, I think there's a huge psychological component to eating. There's a comfort to it for sure, but there's also a routine. And uh, I have one patient that she eats breakfast because it's with her mom, and it's what they've always done. And her mom cooks it for her. She can't and she can't skip it. Is what she says. I can't skip it, and it's not not really because I think she's hungry. It's because it's tradition. Do you all, Kara, do you ever run into that with patients? Mm -hmm. Or I find that a lot of it, it's driven by routine and more of a, a psychological component. Most of the time around the holidays, well, we had Thanksgiving and Christmas, the New Year's football season. Now we have a new um, uh, COVID-19. Right. I've gained so much weight during COVID. Um, so they're, they definitely... Um, do talk about different times of year and well in COVID we're not spending much time with other people but you know by ourselves we're stress eating or right. um and and our so much of our culture is around food if we're happy we eat if we're upset we eat if we're you know celebrating or mourning you know we're we're it's all about um food so i i definitely think um you know keeping things in moderation is important and that's hard to do it's hard. And, um, yeah. yeah. And, and keeping in mind that it's okay. Yes, this is a psychological component. I feel better. But also, too, knowing that a lot of those refined grains and refined sugars, they hit the dopamine receptor. They hit the pleasure center that says this is a good thing. It is a biological trait that we have to find where food is because food was scarce and you had to make it or grow it or kill it and cook it mm -hmm. now we have grocery stores we don't do any of that stuff so we are overstimulating that part of our reward center and we don't need to remember where the grocery store is now it's down the street we don't need to remember where the banana tree was or where the wild hogs were we're not in a primitive time so i feel like a lot of these biological traits are not meant for the culture that we have uh which is too i think I think fasting, I, I even thought about this too. Hibernation. You weren't going out in the in winter. We have cars and we go down to the grocery store and we get our hot chocolate and eggnog latte from Starbucks and we're fine. We're fine. We're not going to go through starvation. We don't have to, we don't have to go uh, build up for the winter months. And our bodies were designed to do that because we had seasons. So we're able to go much longer without food than our minds think we do. It just takes a little bit of time. But recognizing that that may be an obstacle for you as a patient, uh, listener or viewer today of the show, know that that may be a component of it. And that is fine. There are ways to do it. Your body will survive unless, I promise you. I just even looked up a statistic. I, I read 40 days without food is kind of where you can go to your max. Does anybody else have a different number in mind? No, I've heard, I saw 21 for one and I saw 40 for another. I don't know the exact, because I wanted to find out. I get a lot of questions of, well, won't my body go into starvation mode or won't my metabolism slow down? Do you all get that question? Amber, do you get that question at all? Or do you have that question? Oh, I ask myself that question all the time <laughs> because I, I'm sitting here like, I love food. I eat a lot and, and 
very frequently. And, and, and once again, individuals, I'm a hangry person. I wake up starving. I have a break. I have a pre-breakfast before the kids get up and eat breakfast. I mean, it's <laughs> and right now, and one day I know my metabolism is going to come to a screeching halt or I'm going to go through, you know, the, you know, things will change for me. So I'm just riding this party bus as long as I can, but metabolism, that was something your dad said that really did stick with me is, you know, that, um, I, I can't remember autophagy, basically eating. I'm always yes. thinking that negative thing when really and truly it can be a beneficial thing. So yeah, that's a perfect word autophagy. So autophagy is a Greek word meaning self devouring. You are eating yourself, but it sounds like a bad thing. Like we're eating our muscle. It takes a long time to get to that point. There was something called the Minnesota starvation experiment. I don't know if you've learned about that or come across it. It scared a lot of people into we need to eat calories because these they took like 56 men in Minnesota in the 40s and 50s and drastically reduced the caloric intake over a certain period of time um, and, and had negative results from it. So, And they looked cachexic. They looked awful. If you look at it, it will be enough to scare you to say eat all the time. But, um, but, but two, you kind of find out what you need to survive. What that tells me is that your body is smart. It's going to find a way for energy for you to move, for you to move your muscle, move your fingers, move your eyeballs. You need energy in the form of ATP. You need, you have to have energy. And what do you do? You burn things. You're either going to burn the food that you just put in, or you're going to burn something that's already in your body. That's how fasting works. You want to burn this stuff in your body. He talks about uh, breaking down. You have to, if we eat just fats, he was a big bulletproof coffee that kind of almost like a fasting mimicking where he's not fasting or he is fasting, but still having fats for energy until lunch. This book says too, and there's differing opinions on that of whether or not that truly breaks a fast. So there, I, I find that that's like a clean intermittent fasting versus a non-clean. Having fats in the morning, heavy cream or butter, um, Kerrygold butter on your coffee, technically you're having something in your system, whether or not it's carbs or not. Um, your body is going to use that to break down. It's not going to use what else is in there. You got to get to the liver to break down glycogen because insulin says glucose go here, go to the liver and go to glycogen. These are I'm doing parking spots. I find too. I had a phone consult the other day and I'm doing all this stuff. Yes. I'm literally like building a house and showing the mountain of weight gain. And they're like, I can't, I really can't see what you're doing. It's like, uh-huh. Okay. Just me in here. Perfect. But, but I find it's like parking garages. You have small parking garages here. Then you have another parking garage in the liver. The rest goes to that open field of fat and it hangs out. It's like a, one of those, um, uh, country music parties, like field concerts where you just park in the field. That's what insulin does. Uh, so you have to get rid of all the other stuff first, the glucose first, you have to get rid of the stuff in the liver first is glycogen. Then you get to the fat. That's how fasting helps out with that. Um, Fran, any comments on starvation mode? Cause you've gone a long time with intermittent fasting, any comments or, or maybe the calming of fears? I do it. Well, I I do it in a way that works for me. And if I truly am hungry, like when I do weight workouts in the morning, for some reason after doing that, I have to eat. So I eat. I don't push myself past what my body is saying it needs. So kind of really tuning in and, and trying to not just eat for emotional reasons. And I find that intermittent fasting is easiest when you're busy. 
doing something yeah. else. Yeah. You don't, you know, you, you, I think we eat all the time when we're not actually hungry. Right. Just out of habits. Absolutely. And, but again, I, I do say everyone is different because I, my husband, it's like if he, if he misses a meal, it's the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The hangry stuff. Hangry, hangry is a real thing. It's your brain saying, do this. I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. So this sounds like intermittent fasting can be individualized. I think we, I think we need to utilize this more. It's a great tool to use. Is this, I will say, and Kara, Fran, if y'all can back me up on this, it is not the end all be all for losing weight. I've had the story of I'm trying everything in the world. I intermittent fast. I do keto. You got it, Fran, you make a good point. Find what your body responds to best. So I've heard differing opinions on carb intake. Some people do actually better on carbs. I've even seen uh, some some type one diabetes books saying that patients like me do better on fruits on like fructose, which is totally contradictory to what I thought. So, <coughs> excuse me, you have to find what works best for you. And um, <coughs> sorry, good Lord, I need some water over here. A uh, production team, can we get some water? Uh, perfect. Thank you. Um, but also too, um, uh, an individualized approach is, is really, really going to be the thing. Finding out what your body does and checking out the other stuff, hormone imbalance, thyroid dysfunction, insulin resistance. Those are the three things that makes your mountain of weight gain so much harder. You can do the right things. If you do not address those things, you're going to have a hard time losing weight. Um, but any, any closing remarks, Kara, Kara, any closing remarks, anything our patients need to remember? Well, I, I agree with Fran about listening to your body because like he says in the doctor's note, everybody metabolizes calories differently and um, just listen to your body, all things in moderation. Um, somebody might be able to do an intermittent fast longer than another person, but um, just individualize. And listening, listen to your body and make a great point about calories. Calories, that's energy, that's heat, that's heat in the form uh, uh, that's uh, energy in the form of heat is a calorie. It's something you learn from chemistry. That's going to be different. And how e- all four of us in this space right now, we will have, we will do, we will get different amounts of energy from it. A calorie is not a calorie to either of us, to any of us. And a calorie in is not a calorie out for sure. So, oh, perfect. Hold on. And we got, we got water production. Listen, Aww. thank you so much. It says <laughs> coffee, but it's actually water. Uh, Fran, any right. any closing remarks? Just that um, you you can, a a positive way to look at it is it's not really a restriction. You can eat just as much as you would normally eat. You're just changing the window of time. So you can honestly eat a breakfast, lunch, and dinner all within a five-hour period. And some people, I'm, I'm the type of person that I can't restrict calories. I can change the window, but when I eat, I want to eat until I'm full. I, I don't want to eat like a little piece of something. I mean, I want a salad or a half pound burger or, you know, so. <laughs> or, a, or a full pound or a full pound, go for a full pound. But that's how my body likes that. My body likes to be full and satisfied, but I can go for a long period without food because I guess I know I'm going to get food. Yeah. And I think diets can be very restrictive when people think, oh, I'm not going to ever get to eat. Well, with intermittent fasting, you can eat. You're just changing the window. You're changing the window. And I think that's important too. You will have food. 
there is food. We have food. We have grocery stores. We're not trying to hunt unless you are a hunter. If you are and you have Wi-Fi where you are, tell me how you're doing it, okay? We're, we're not in a time of famine right now, and knock on wood, we won't be. Um, that's great. I appreciate that, Fran. Amber, any closing thoughts? Um, I think we hit on um, just the uh, intermittent fasting is really something that is intriguing and kind of new, even though it's not new, but it's a newer concept to really look into. So if you're kind of stuck and whether it's for weight loss or just energy, and you know, it's something to consider and try. I think that's great. And it bears, bears repeating intermittent fasting is individualized. You have to check out the other things too. Not the end all be all. Check your hormones. We will say this probably in every show we have. Check your friggin' hormones. Check them and check your thyroid and check your insulin sensitivity. That is going to help out with weight management, weight retention, weight gain, weight loss. Uh, and two, we, we can survive on less than what we're doing right now. We really can. As a whole with our culture, we can survive on less than what we're doing. And with fasting, we're just changing the amount of time that insulin is doing its thing. And your body is smart. It is so smart. Um, so this this has been a really good one. I like this. Oh, there was one more thing. Okay, and we do we have a little time. I'm sorry. Give it time. Do not give it a week. A week is not going to have a significant amount to see a change. That's your body has to adapt. You may you may keto flu is another thing with ketogenic diet. Your body's going to make a response, and it's not necessarily a negative one right off the bat. Uh, in the book, he talks about there's one uh, patient or one of the researchers went an entire year of doing this change, and after that year, which is most people what it's saying for a change in diet, you need to do it for about a year to see a significant response. His allergies went away. He had severe environmental allergies, and his allergies were gone. So there is power to it, but you got to give it time and you got to protect your gut. That's for you, Fran. I, anytime you think of the gut, I think of you. You got to protect that gut with pre and probiotics and digestive enzymes. Every one should be on one of those. Okay. And gluten Shield's yeah. one of ours. Microbiome Labs. Is that, that's right, Fran. Microbiome Labs yes. is a good one. Gluten Shield's another good one. Or probiotics, something that survives the digestive tract. Yes. This has been yeah. great. Kara, Amber, Fran, always a pleasure. This is right. never a pain, always a pleasure. <laughs> Come see us at Performance Medicine. We are the mid-levels and tune in next week where we will talk about something else. I know it will be awesome. <laughs> Thanks again, y'all. I appreciate it. It's good to be back. Bye. Bye. See you later. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.